All right, ATP Podcast, episode 19. My guest today, second recurring guest, Zach Summers, fellow trainer. Hello, What's Zach. Up, buddy? How we doing? Good to see you, man. Good to see you, too, man. So it's been about a year actually since we did the first one and um, I'm curious to see what what's changed and what seems similar uh, what's going on in your life yeah time that's, flies yeah right it really does yeah especially lately I don't know what it's been but it's we're yeah. halfway through October I know so this whole year in general has been flying by it seems like like it's one thing and then another my yeah. attention goes from one thing to another pretty soon three months go by yeah it's it's yeah it does, uh, i thought it was just 2020 and now it's <laughs> we're almost 2021 but yeah. not a bad thing not a, not a bad thing um so you you're still training people right mm-hmm. it just looks a little different now you're doing i only see a few few days a week at paramount so yeah what's uh what kind of what what you're going on there well i, I guess we you were, could go back to like the original lockdown of all the gyms okay and most of my clients were older, mm-hmm. and some of them had concerns. And at first, a little bit, I had a little concern, you know, yeah. just a healthy level of concern. Right, right. And Don't uh, know what's going on. Yeah, and I have kids, and just in case. Absolutely. So I was like, let me just take a step back for a minute. And uh, so I reduced my out, or I completely stopped. Um, I was sending people some workouts yeah. on the internet and stuff they could do at home, but... You know, I was just, I completely reduced down to almost nothing. And that time at home made me realize how important it is for me to spend that time at home. Because, Mm -hmm. I mean, you saw me and a lot of the other guys saw me. Like I was, I was putting in hours and not just training, but, you know, and a lot of people go through this too. A lot of working parents, you know, it's school full time. Mm -hmm. It's whatever job you have. And then I had that second kind of part-time job for Amazon where I was working in the evenings and it was yeah. just like this revolving door of tasks mm-hmm. and that lockdown was really good and it made me realize how much I wanted to spend time with my family yeah and so it's kind of for me it's been like a, a blessing I know that's selfish to say but right in a way it has we well, took it, advantage of the cards that were dealt and yeah, Nothing. it opened my eyes to, to a lot of things I was doing wrong. Mm-hmm. I was working myself too much. I was like what it's from Parks and Rec, Ron Swanson, when he oh. says, don't half ass two things, whole ass one thing. OK, so <laughs> I was kind of spreading myself thin. I'm doing and I'm I'm getting through my school, but it's like I'm just barely getting these assignments in on time. Yeah. And, and I'm barely doing what it means to be like a good father and a good husband and really being there and like having an influence on my family. Oh yeah. Instead, it was just kind of like providing money and coming in and kissing them goodnight. And, and now that I have set up my schedule to spend more time here, mm-hmm. I've, to me, it seems like my family is happier. That's good. Or maybe it's just, I don't know what it is, but um, I'm much happier too. Cause I, you know, I get to see my kids cause my kids are young. So Olive is two and rose is seven months and so i'm i get to see those stages yeah because like when my oldest son who will be nine this year uh when he was born i was still in the military and then i got out and i got into some other stuff and i was so busy and i was a young dad not paying attention and i almost don't remember him being the age that my daughters are Mm. and that along with the lockdown time it made me realize that i do not I will not miss out <clears throat> on this time because it's, you know, I regret missing those memories with Josh. Yeah. And I'm I'm not going to miss those with the girls. So 
so that's where I'm at with that and kind of changing that perspective on where I want to spend my time and then just trying to, you know, if I want to do some personal training, mm-hmm. setting an hour to a side and just focusing on doing that as good as I can. Yeah. And when that hour or two is over, I'm, I'm doing something else and I'm putting everything I have into that other thing yeah. instead of having my focus sort of pulled in 20 directions. Absolutely. You know, I get it. But. So, so you were going to EMT school, correct? Yeah. That was, I okay. did that last semester, spring semester. Okay. Uh, finished EMT school, uh, did some clinical hours and I registered with the National Registry of EMTs to take the national exam so mm-hmm. I can be licensed to actually work. Um, but they do a criminal background check. And 12 years ago when I was 18, I got a misdemeanor. Okay. So I'd like write a statement and tell them how I'm... Yeah. But like Kathy said, everyone's a... Or the only difference between a criminal and everybody else is a criminal got caught. (laughs) Oh, yeah. 100%. I've done plenty of shit that... You know. Yeah. um, I was dumb enough to get caught doing something stupid. And um, so I had to write a statement and I'm just waiting for that to come back. Okay. Like the results from that to come back. And then I can take the exam, which I'm prepared to ace Mm -hmm. or... This could be. It's pretty. It's a pretty rough exam. Oh, I'm from sure what it's heard. pretty intense. But at least it's not the paramedic one. Apparently, that is like, you know, leaps and bounds yeah. above. But that's probably the next step. Okay, so that's still one of the goals is moving in that direction. Yeah, because I, I was sure. I was kind of moving in this direction of becoming a police officer. I definitely was. Right. I remember you talking and about that. The reason for that was a ton of momentum, and it was positive momentum. Yeah. You know, we all work off of whatever type of momentum is pushing us forward or pulling us forward. I don't know. Um, and I had a lot of positive momentum and I was getting into this mindset of like doing everything that I think I should, even if I don't want to do it mm. and trying to conquer all these little fears from the past. And so and, and also trying to, you know, make myself better, make my family better, make my friends better and make the world better. Like, how do I do that thing? And at the time, what I found was that that would be being a police officer. Hmm. So then I just put all my eggs in that basket. Again, the lockdown made me realize how much time I wanted to be at home and how mm-hmm. I also wanted to be a trainer still. Okay. Um, and just talking to all the police officers that I know from the gym and, and everything and considering the work schedule and what it would be like and how engulfed in that world you get. Yeah. I'm like, let me just go EMT paramedic, maybe fire. Okay. And do, you know, like full time, but it's, you know, a couple 24s, I think, a week. Yeah. Depending on where you work. Some do like 24 on 48 off or weird schedules like that. Yeah. Yeah. And that would afford me the ability to also have my business on the side and do other things and write books like I'm working on and and all these things. So that's the direction I'm going. Okay. So that's, I was was curious to see because he hadn't mentioned that in a while the last few times we talked. I was wondering if that was still on task. Yeah. Gotcha. Why, why? You kind of say why you didn't want to become a police officer, but EMT, is that just, you said that's one of the best ways you felt you can affect the world in a positive way? Yeah, I've always wanted to help people. Okay. Even as far back as I can remember being a little kid, I always wanted, I was always very empathetic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always felt like I could feel what other people felt. Like when they felt sad, it made me feel sad and I wanted to help them. Yeah. And that just escalated as I got older. And I just sort of like, I've always wanted to help people. I've always wanted to be like Superman that comes in and saves the day. Absolutely. And <clears throat> there was one 
specific moment in my life that I realized I wanted to get into emergency services. Okay. And it was, I can't remember the exact time because I moved out of my parents' house. I joined the military, joined the military a couple years later. And then I visited again, my parents' house after the military for a, a brief amount of time. So I can't remember exactly when it happened, but mm-hmm. I was an older teenager or a young adult. And, um, my mom, from some consequence of her medication, started having uh, seizures. Okay. And we didn't know at the time what they were from, but every once in a while she would just have these seizures, and I was there and witnessed one of them. Um, and I tried to, like, you know, she started seizing, or she started to zone out, started to seize. I kind of, like, laid her back on the couch. Eyes are rolling back. Teeth are gritting. I tried to put her Shit. jacket into her teeth. What's going through your head though, seeing that? Well, is that the first time you'd kind of seen that? That's the first time I had seen it. I think it was her third seizure. Okay. The other two, I wasn't home. Okay. Um, but all I could think about, because I wasn't really thinking, all I was thinking was what I had heard before, which was if someone's having a seizure, which this might not be true, I still don't know Mm. this exactly. And we didn't go over this in EMT school. If someone's having a seizure, I was always told that you put something dense, like a leather strap or something like that, a mm-hmm. thick jacket, into their in between their teeth so they don't don't bite off their tongue. Mm. I think I I've heard that too. I don't know if that's true. I think I've heard that. Whether or not that's true, I don't know. But either. that's what I thought to do at the time. So yeah. that's what I did. And uh, then she kept seizing, and you know how they. I'm sure you've seen one mm-hmm. or heard about it. So she eventually stopped and fell asleep and we called nine or my sister was calling 911 at the time and they came in and when they came in it was like guardian angels were coming mm-hmm. into our house to bring my mom back that's what it felt like and yeah they brought her back you know they woke her up and started talking to her and once she came back i had this epiphany like this is what i want to do something mm-hmm. like i want to be this person for somebody else yeah so that was like the seed that got planted, and so now it's coming to fruition. You seem like a guy who'd be pretty good at being calm under that type of pressure yeah. like that. I see. I've, I could see that fitting. I've been under a lot of high-pressure situations, and yeah. from whether it's like actually being in danger or just feeling like you have a lot on the line for whatever reason. So, you know, you have to be—I think you have to be tested yeah. to have that. Yeah. I don't know if everyone's born. If you're born with that, you're probably a psycho. Like if you can just have everything <laughs> no, going on and be calm yeah, naturally. Sociopath, as people say. Yeah, yeah. Like you have it on. It's still going on the inside, like the anxiety and the stress. But right. Somehow you're able to detach from that and mm-hmm. just do what you know has to be done because because it has to. Ultimately, yeah, it has to happen. Yeah. And yeah, I think it just comes with practice, my man. Okay. Yeah. No, did you find that any of that? that schooling or that scenario stuff. I don't know how much like, uh, hands-on stuff you guys do so far. Mm-hmm. Has that, has that been a big challenge or has it been pretty much as expected? EMT school was pretty, it was, there was parts of it that were challenging. There was mm-hmm. a lot of new information I had to memorize, but like I said, from what I heard from the paramedic side, it's like really is where the paramedic is really gets advanced. Okay. EMT was like advanced CPR. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a lot of like, basic drug administration and okay. a lot of what not to do okay a lot of the legality around what you shouldn't do uh because you could get sued and 
administering drugs when you shouldn't. And, um, but I, I learned a lot and I'm really excited <clears throat> for paramedic school. Right on. So, and oh, I so had, you're going to continue to keep going to that too? Probably. Okay. Yeah. So you're going more that route or you mentioned firefighter or? Yes. And I don't know everything about it. I'm okay. still trying to figure it out because I think there's different ways to get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can be a paramedic and not be a firefighter. Right. But I think most firefighters, most fire departments require you to be a paramedic. Oh, really? I knew they did EMT because I had a couple yeah. friends that had to do it's that. It's definitely but... required EMT. And then most, from what I read on the internet, mm-hmm. um, which is all the information I have, I don't know a lot of firefighters, so I don't have anything yeah. to ask, really. But... Um, yeah, from what I read, most firefighters have to be paramedics to even, like, get be considered. Okay. It's like a guaranteed shoe-in almost. Yeah. And then the department will either send you to their fire academy or they'll ask you to go to one, depending. So, uh, kind of a long road ahead, but, yeah. I mean, I'm excited. But you're enjoying right now where you're at with it? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. good. I think it's always, if you're going to do something that's stressful or challenging, at least make sure it has some sort of meaning to it or noble cause. Yes. And you're not going to have a problem. Right. You're not going to have any problem accomplishing whatever it is. I try and tell people how to differentiate. Like I, I once told my mom recently, I was like, I'm not going to do anything I don't enjoy anymore. And she gave me this weird look, but you got to like, you got to do challenges. And I'm like, yeah, ab- absolutely. Mm-hmm. But you can Something find challenges that. that you enjoy. Yeah. doesn't mean just because you don't want to do things you don't like doesn't mean you're not going to do anything that's hard. Or maybe, yeah. I see that. Yeah. yeah. Do things that you enjoy. Do things that you're driven to do. Yeah. Maybe that's a better word. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because ultimately, if you're driven to do something, it's coming from a deeper place than just like, this makes me happy. Right. Because there's a lot of things I could do that make me happy. Yeah. But it's like, when that thing gets challenging, then you don't going to be done. Exactly. Because I'll just do something else that makes me happy. But yeah. if I find some sort of goal that's meaningful to me, mm-hmm. where it's going to help me or my family or whatever, uh, there's nothing that's going to stop me from accomplishing that. Right. Because any sort of, if I get tired or if I get exhausted, it's like, that's okay. I can push through this because the goal is more meaningful than my current state. Of discomfort or exactly. whatever. Yeah, yeah. Something that gives you that purpose. That's, it sounds like just from hearing you that... You've, you've found something or one of the few things that are maybe giving you some purpose. I have a lot of things going now that uh, I'm finding a lot of meaning in different yeah. activities. I mean, yeah. Maybe we can get into if you want. I don't Absolutely. Know. Yeah. Well, plan. I do want to, I did want to ask you because we'll go back to the shutdown stuff because you went really hard on the social media out of almost yeah. nowhere and uh, yeah. and you were having fun with it was the, was the mm-hmm. coolest part that I, I Trying I to noticed. be funny and... Yeah. Yeah embrace people's spirits yeah so what you were kind of what inspired that i just you know you said you kind of backed away from the gym so probably yeah what else well, am i going to do i'd love to be opaque and the reason being is i still had a business and i still had a personal training business and i mm-hmm. thought first of all i thought how can i affect like how can i get people to look at me mm-hmm. so i can get maybe some online clients you know just being honest like yeah we're businessmen and we have to get clients so that was the main goal is like how do i continue to feed my family yeah. So I was like, okay, I need to increase my online presence. And then I could do all, all sorts of things. And you see all sorts of trainers and fitness pages. They try all different mm-hmm. kinds of things. They get naked on there almost. And they, then they do crazy exercises to get your attention and, and whatever. Yeah. And I was like, well, what am I good at? Like, what could I do? I'm like, well, maybe I kind of have a sense of humor a little bit. I try to find the funny oh, yeah. and things. And, and I was like, that would actually be good for me and everybody because it 
helps me get some attention mm-hmm. and then it gives everybody a little bit of a brighter just something bright to look at when all the negativity was going on yeah and so that's what drove me to sort of do those kinds of posts i'm just trying to like help myself and help everybody else yeah just like with with everything with the emt stuff it's like i want to help myself my family and everybody yeah so you know from the outside looking in it didn't feel like necessarily you were doing it to get attention it just felt like Here's a guy just having some fun and got a yeah. little extra time on his hands now. Yeah, it was both. <laughs> it was both. I did have extra time, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, and I enjoyed doing it. And I, I still do it a little bit, but I'm also doing some other things. And I'm trying to find a balance. And, you know, I'm, I think I'm in a place right now where I'm perfectly balanced, almost perfectly balanced between mm-hmm. everything I want to be doing. Okay. And, uh, and now I just need to dig deeper into each one of those things and keep, and keep making each one of them better. Yeah. You've got enough pursuits now. It's just the depth of them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and like having the, I think time is the biggest thing. Yeah. Prioritizing. Okay. When do I do this activity? When do I do this activity? And not thinking about the other activities while While you're doing one. That's, that's the biggest struggle for me is always Mm -hmm. like trying to just focus on, okay, we're doing this, let's focus all on this, because I'm yeah. like you, where I've got so many different things, and it's all good, like, I want to do these things, but it's like... That's the struggle of being an entrepreneur, too, is you constantly do have to be concerned with the business and growing the business and getting new clients, but you also have other interests. Mm-hmm. And so even when you're doing your other things, you're, like, obsessed with, you know, oh, am I, do I have enough clients this month? How do I get more clients? How do I retain? So it is, it just comes, I think it comes with the territory of yeah. working for yourself. Yeah, it's one of the trade-offs. There's more responsibility, but ultimately then you get more control over your decisions. It's like a give and take. It is a give and take. I've always said that too. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's been totally worth it to me, but it is is one of the harder things, at least personally, where it's like staying focused on the one thing in the moment. Builds character, my man. It does. And I, do you take compliments very well? No, (laughs) not at all. (laughs) Well, get ready. (laughs) Because, um... You know, I met you a couple of years ago, right? I mean, probably, I don't know exactly. Probably about three years now because, okay. yeah, I remember I was just starting my one engineering job when you first gotcha. came to the, yeah. Gotcha. And then we didn't really spend too much time talking because we were both extremely busy and out of the gym like that first year. Yeah. But then you started working out when the gym moved. Mm-hmm. You started working out there more and then you started training there. And I have to say that over the last year, kind of I've seen from a distance I've seen your character grow and mm-hmm. I've seen you mature. Yeah. And so for, for whatever it's worth, um, I'm proud of the well, progress you've made. And, I appreciate that. And growing as a trainer and, and as a man, I've seen that. So yeah. For no, I, worth. I, I could, I could see that I've been trying the last, the last three years has been like a big movement in the last several months. Really. There's been, a it's ramped up as far as a push mm-hmm. of just like, their pursuits of trying to grow and looking for that and or reflecting on okay well mm-hmm. hold on what figuring out myself first has kind of mm-hmm. been the thing so there's a question so, is it the do you think it's the the individual tasks that lead to growth or is it the the pursuit it's the pursuit for yeah. me 100% it's it's figuring out officially i finally in the last few years figured out what i wanted like until mm-hmm. like the last I didn't. I knew what I didn't want, but I was like, "What the hell am I doing?" You know, trying different shit, and I don't even know exactly what it'll turn into. But I, I, f- I feel like I'm on the path. You know, 
Yeah, like, that's, that's like uh, that resonates with me. Yeah, I never know exactly where something's going. I th- I think I made a post about this the other day for my my personal Instagram page with the podcast I'm doing. Yeah, I I said I don't know where this is going, but I feel like I'm following some trace of a scent or something. Yeah, that I feel driven to do. You don't know what you'll find, but you know you're in the right direction. And of the it. further along you get, it seems like you learn more and more, at least of what you don't want yeah. as you continue. You're like okay, I'm getting closer, but I don't want this thing and I don't want to do that thing and I'm getting closer. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, over time you find exactly the thing, is, what that thing is that you're going to do. Yeah. And you start noticing, at least for me lately, like I've noticed the more, the newer things that come into my life, they they fit right in somehow already. I'm like, oh, well, this, mm-hmm. we like, we started, I randomly went with Drake to that armored combat. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing I, I know, I remember that, one of my old childhood friends I grew up with, his uncle's a machinist and makes armor. So now I've got a guy that I know personally, like I just got into this and like, oh, here's this other guy that's yeah. gonna make armor. And then there's another guy we know that's a blacksmith. So like, I wanna make you some weapons. Once you get on that path, everything falls into and place. It, yeah, it's just, it's it's yeah. weird how, and that's kind of with my training too. Like at the other place, I was really, I hustled my ass off trying to get like a bunch of clients. I'm like, almost, I gotta get people in, gotta get people in, and this time, when we when we opened up in June, so I didn't even really have. I had my parents in March when I moved to Paramount. Mm-hmm. That was my only session. Yeah. They they stuck with me through all the shutdowns. I trained them at their house, but I didn't have anyone else. We opened up in June, and I got a few people. And I said, well, let me try this route. I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna focus on these people I have right now. I'll do a little bit of headhunting, like you know, I'll put my name out there. But I'm gonna put 90% of my energy into what I have here. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, my clientele has grown way faster than it did at, when I did it the other method. And I That's don't awesome. know, luck, whatever, like, I mean, could be a result of the pandemic and people wanting to get back at it or whatever. Well, it, could but be, it could be the universe rewarding your effort. But it's working out. Yeah. And, and so I'm trying to apply that to the rest of my life now. Mm-hmm. And that's the way, like, being in that moment of like, mm-hmm. okay, if I just focus on this and let the other things happen. Not saying yeah. forget about them completely and not work for any of it. Getting out of your way. Yes, getting yeah. out of my way. I like that. You got that right up there. But yeah, and uh, it's it's worked out really well. I I can't. You know, it's it's been really good, and I, it's nice to hear that feedback from you. That yeah, at, at I, least at least it, I'm trying to grow. Not, so if it appears, not I only have. are you, are you witnessing <laughs> the progress, like with things that are happening to you, but and if I'm seeing it, I'm sure other people are seeing it as well. It, you're definitely on a path that you should stay on. Well, thank you, man. Yeah. I, I feel the same way about you. And speaking of the writing on the wall here, um, this badass little setup you got, that was another thing that came out of the whole lockdown. Yeah. For people listening, um, we're, we're in his garage gym. It's, uh, it's a pretty cool area, which he didn't have uh, before the shutdown. And I remember seeing the videos you putting it together. So what, yeah. so what you just were like, okay, well now I need a space to work out. I'm not going to the gym. Basically, yeah. yeah. And I also wanted to use it in case any of my clients did want to come train when mm-hmm. everything sort of calmed down over time. And I always wanted to put this together. Yeah. I had a hodgepodge of like half of this equipment in storage and half of it in the basement over here. And uh, I was able to get a workout in down there, but you know, I didn't have a lot of space to work with. Mm-hmm. And it was still part of the house. You know, That room there is not blocked off from upstairs really. And and so, yeah, this place was kind of a mess where you see the pink on the walls. There were big wooden shelves. I think you probably saw the video. Yeah. Tearing them down. I remember seeing the, yeah. I made like that, the office montage video. <laughs> a little sped up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, I got, I cleared everything out. It, it took, 
It probably took like two weeks just with everything else I had to do. Yeah. How many hours do you feel like you put into it? I don't know, dude. Yeah. Probably 40, 80 hours, something like that, like full time. I would say that it looks like this took some work. And uh, yeah, I got the mats. These mats each weigh 100 pounds. So I had to, they were in there and I drug them in here and cut some of them to fit and uh, got some stuff out of storage. And, and I'm still kind of working on like the flow of it, but yeah. I've got it pretty close to like optimized that's a good you got you got you got enough space you got enough of the equipment Mm -hmm. that you need i mean if i needed to i could train two clients in here at once really really. yeah i mean with the space i have yeah absolutely you know especially when this table's gone and maybe the bike has moved yeah so it's it's a decent space it's technically a two-car garage but okay only lengthwise yeah i was gonna say how you (laughs) if you have a small car (laughs) yeah like they marketed the house when we bought it as a (laughs) two-car garage i was excited and then i get here i'm like this is a tunnel, man. We're talking about two car garage, <laughs> but it works for what you're doing here. This it, is this it is definitely perfect. does the job, and I'm I'm very grateful to have um, to have gathered all this equipment over the last five or six years. Yeah, and my wife has been an amazing help because she's great at finding discounts on things and used equipment, and she sends me stuff every day. Hey, do you want this? Do you want that? And and so we jump on the opportunity, and that's kind of how we built this little home gym. We got. Pretty, oh, yeah. I'm very happy to have it. And so you said, so you train probably the majority of your clients out of here right now? Nope. No? Still the majority at Paramount. Okay. Even though, the small, even though it's a small amount of people. Gotcha. Um, I'm trying to rebuild that up, but it's not my number one focus. Yeah. My number one focus is, is quality time with my family, mm-hmm. school, and... Um, Spending the rest of my time, the rest of my effort equally on building this new podcast, writing the books, and training. Okay. Um, so I'm not pro- I'm not progressively out there like trying to hunt down clients. Right. If they come, they come. If they gravitate to me, I'm I'd love to work with somebody. But yeah, you know, it's not. So you're still taking people. So I'm if anyone's still, listening, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm still taking people, but um, I'm not out there like on the prowl for people yeah. trying to, you know what I mean? Just, I'm trying to just stay balanced and and provide as much quality to each activity while I'm doing it mm-hmm. and then move on to the next. And yeah. that's what I'm doing, man. Now you said, you said, you talked about you want to be able to keep some of the training even when you progress down the line with paramedics yeah. and whatever it turns out to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll always be a passion that you'll, you'll stick with. I'll always, yeah. Yeah. yeah I'll always train. Um, and I, I'd love to get a few more clients eventually. And I, I used to want to open my own gym and I don't maybe one day, Yeah. but I have so many other pursuits that I'd love to build. And, and, you know, honestly, a lot of people, they just want to work and, and they're afraid of like getting rich. Like we talked about this when you came over last time, Mm -hmm. which was, like get, getting rich is not my goal, right? right? It's not the goal, but being wealthy actually is one of my goals because being wealthy gives me the opportunity to provide better for my family mm-hmm. and to provide for the people around me and contribute to society. Yeah, it's leverage. Exactly. Thank you. It's leverage yeah. and it provides freedom and it gives me the time to step back and make better choices. So with that said, I actually, I do want to be wealthy mm-hmm. and the way to do that is to stop trading all of my time stop renting out all of my time mm-hmm. and start stepping back and 
putting things in place that are longer term investments that maybe I don't get a return now. Like if I go trade an hour of my time at the gym to somebody, right. I might get some money for that. Right. But if I invest an hour of my time now on something and I don't get paid mm-hmm. and I do that week in and week out, you know, five, 10 years from now, that's, it's going to be, um, what do they call that? It's like, a interest, um, not incremental interest. Compound interest. Thank you. Com- yeah, compound okay. interest. You know, it's just like putting money into a into an investment account. Yeah, and yeah. so that's what I'm doing with my time now, and so that's why I'm working on the book. I'm working on this product that I talked to you about. Yeah, and um, and yeah, I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to uh, invest in the future a little bit more. Okay. Yeah. I do want to talk about training again at some point, but let's let's go ahead and move on to your your podcast that you mentioned. So this this is the new one that you just started. Yeah, um, podcast is called A Sharpening Mind. Okay, um, it started out with a different name, and just after doing a few of them and realizing where I wanted it to go, I changed the name because uh, ultimately that's what I'm trying to do is sharpen my mind. Yeah. And um, I'm reading a bit more these days. And so the podcast is basically me going over the concepts that I'm reading about mm-hmm. um, and trying to break it down further so that I can better understand it. Because I'm not formally, formally educated in these subjects of philosophy and psychology. Right. But, um, but I've always felt sort of driven to them. And... Uh, and so, like I said, I'm reading more and I'm, I'm using the books to sort of break down the concepts in the podcast and just share that with everybody. And if they want to listen, you know, I'd have a listen because yeah. it's what I'm passionate about. And I try to put I try to put my time and effort into it uh, as good as I can. Um, but like I said, like I'm reading this uh, this new book, um, Beyond Good and Evil, and it has like humbled me to the core. Yeah, I'm 20 pages into it and. Like I had to take a break because like it, it made me tired to, because it was a, it was like a mental workout to read this book. Okay. Damn. And, and that alone has made me realize how much more work I have in sharpening my mind and going down this route of sort of understanding these extremely intelligent people that have come before yeah. and, and learning from them so I can apply their insights and wisdom into my own life. And hopefully it, if I can understand it, I can share that with other people that maybe don't have the time to read these books. So that's sort of the, the goal of the podcast. Now, when you're doing it, do you feel like doing the podcast, like you said, you said it kind of helps you learn because you're saying these things out yeah. loud and it, listening to how it sounds. Mm-hmm. Is that the process a little bit? It helps me understand them, yeah. Yeah. And like I put the caption underneath, it's meditations on the mm-hmm. details of life and succeeding. And, and so that's what it is for me. It's like a form of external meditation. Now, did you ever... Would you ever do that before without recording it? So I'm a guy that I talk to myself all the time, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Out loud. <laughs> yeah. I talk to myself too. Okay, cool. I just want to like, I'm like, eh, it depends on, you know, how much coffee I've had. Yeah. How long I've been sitting alone. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely in the past I've, you know, had external thoughts and I've always sort of been somebody that just likes to watch his thoughts roll and see what comes. And, mm-hmm. and so now I'm just recording them yeah and it's not some of it is scripted some of it i write out before but very very little of it is scripted yeah most of it is just i'll read a passage from the book and then i'll sort of just whatever comes out of me whatever i whatever i'm feeling and thinking in the moment yeah that's what comes out 
Now, how do you decide which topic to cover which day? Is it just what you're reading that day or what you've been thinking about lately or what you woke up thinking about? Basically. Okay. Yeah. And whatever I feel like might be helpful for someone else to hear. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm reviewing uh, the book Five Dialogues written by Plato. Oh, wow. The subject of which uh, was Socrates. And it's it's a relatively easy read. I'm not a strong reader. Um, And it took me an hour a day. It took me like four or five days. Okay. Um, so somebody else that's a strong reader could just fly through that book. Um, but it's, I feel like those concepts are immediately applicable to anyone's life if they choose to, you know, if they choose to use them. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want to do too, is apply them to my own life. And ultimately that's how we make the world better is by bettering ourselves and then just, and sharing that with it, with our friends and our family. And, and so that's the, that's the goal of the podcast. Okay. What's one of the biggest takeaways you've had so far from it? Can you give us a little excerpt, maybe? Not um, not scripted from what you did, but just. I'm am still learning how to do the how the podcast wants me to do it. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Because it seems like like we were talking about how you you feel driven down a path, mm-hmm. and as you walk down the path, you might not learn. Um, and I'm trying to think because I went over this. I don't know if I posted this podcast yet, but I went over this okay. concept. Because it was in the book, which is as you're going down the path, you don't necessarily know what to do. Mm. You don't know the right thing to do, but you have a voice in your head. You have Jiminy Cricket <laughs> telling you what not to do. Yeah. And the further you get down the path, the more you learn what you shouldn't do. And the more trial and errors that you have, the closer you get to the thing that you actually should do. Mm-hmm. Whether or not we ever learn what it is we should do, we learn more of what it is that we shouldn't do. Yes. And that's also what I'm doing with the podcast. As I go, I'm learning more of the things I shouldn't do, getting closer to what I should do. And ultimately, I hope it just continues to evolve and get bigger. Right now, it's in its infancy. And I'm just trying to cultivate this this new thing that I feel passionate about. Yeah. I love the way you think about that, where you're talking more about you're not trying to be right so much. You're just trying to slowly figure it out. You're not so Mm -hmm. concerned with... The end goal. I need to know this answer is, oh, yeah. well, let me just get a little better and like you just figure out, okay, what not at least. If there's one thing I learned, it's that it's not the result, you know, because I've accomplished things in my life and no, no necessarily grand things in the grand scheme of things, but I've accomplished things for myself in my life. And what I've learned is that the accomplishments never feel as good as the pursuit, mm-hmm. as the little steps along the way that got me there. Mm-hmm. And looking back, it's always the pursuit that was the best time. Even if it was difficult, looking back on all the hardest pursuits in my life yeah. were always the best times in my life. Um, and so that's why I look forward to the pursuit ahead and not so much the end goal because I've learned over time that it's the pursuit that we should be on and not trying to reach for that end. Right. You know, so. No, yeah, you can get lost and caught up in thinking about, well, I'm going to get this one day, this is whatever, mm-hmm. instead of enjoying like, the little good things yeah. that came out of whatever you just did. Like and you learning said, to appreciate the moment and the yeah. little things and learning to, in all your, in all the little sufferings and all the pains and all the misery that comes with being a human in daily life. Mm-hmm. If you can learn to continue down the path, regardless of the suffering and the misery of your daily life, yeah. it, it's going to work out for you because yeah. you're, you're, you're getting your, you're pinpointing more towards that right thing. Yes. And yeah, I always use the term 
with people saying like develop a healthy relationship with pain and discomfort and suffering mm -hmm. like it's gonna be there you're gonna deal with it but if you can learn to enjoy like and that's why i like training so much because it's that direct like you feel it physically it's visceral this set right sucks now. right now it's miserable but somehow i love it like that yeah. type of thing where yeah but if you can learn to apply that to the rest and of your life I'm, and that's everything now yeah because i've been down that physical pursuit for so many years um, even before the military, I like to work out. Yeah. And then I joined the military, a lot of fitness there, and to get out, and then I competed in CrossFit, and then I pursued Olympic weightlifting, and then powerlifting, and then all these other things. And But I never honestly put the effort into pursuing sharpening my mind. Yeah. And it's it's time for me to do that. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, a, I'm married. I'm 30 years old. I have three children. It's time for me to maintain my body and continue to make my body stronger but apply the concepts of everything i've learned through all my trials thus far into this new pursuit of sharpening my mind to ultimately sort of because i think everything is is a balance mm -hmm. and it's just like um um you can't be all physicality and and no spiritualness no soul no mentality right and you can't be all academic and not have any physicality there needs to be some sort of balancing act just like mm -hmm. between a husband and a wife they balance the masculine and the feminine in the family i think in the individual <clears throat> they have to have that balance within themselves as well and so i'm i'm going down this path of sharpening my mind and and trying to balance myself out as a whole human yeah. being um and I, I just feel like i'm on this path that i need to be on and um and ever since i decided to go down this path of of pursuit my life has continually gotten better i've made better friendships like long lasting friendships with mm -hmm. people and um and my relationship with my wife has improved i've i've been able to have a better relationship with my kids just for having more time there and being more focused yeah so yeah i'm, I'm trying to bring myself into more of a balance with my physicality and my mind um to ultimately be a, a better whole human being because i think that's what we should all strive to do mm -hmm. is be a better whole human being being like uh like all the saints of the past were holy we'll put a w at the beginning of that word right they were holy because they were whole yes they were they were balanced human beings in all aspects of themselves and so that's that's what i'm striving to be more like and so that's why i'm reading the books and doing the podcast and still maintaining my physicality and my training and and also doing the emt paramedic thing I'm trying to be this this whole human being, this holy person. I guess yeah. you could look back at at history and say, um, because those holy people existed for a reason. Those are archetypes, mm -hmm. and they existed because we needed something to strive for. And I'm realizing that 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 we all need something to strive for. And and so I look back at the traits of those people from history, those great people, that are the holy people, and. And I, and I try to take those traits and absorb them and break them down into like a language that I can understand, even if it's just my own internal dialogue and sort of break that down and apply it to my life so I can, I can make myself better, you know, yeah. for me and my family. And that's the <laughs> pursuit. Oh, that's right. And it just, it just, it looks like you're loving it. That's, that's the beauty I, yeah. of it. It looks like I've you're never really been, enjoying I've never been more exactly where I'm supposed to be yeah. in, my, in my life. And I, I think it is for no other reason other than I've decided that pursuit is the way. Okay. A lot of people say there is no one way, and I, I agree with that. There yeah. is no one way. 
But I think if there were one way, if there were, um, it would be righteous pursuit hmm. in whatever endeavor. I, I, and that's at least that's the way for me. Yeah. And so that's that's what I'm doing. And righteous can be different for different people. Yeah. But but this is my righteous pursuit is bettering myself, making myself as as balanced and as as good as I can make myself. Not only to affect good and to affect change around me, but also to be an example of what someone can do. Because if anyone listening to this or if you or any of my friends that I have now, if any of you knew me 14 years ago, 15 years ago, you, you would not think that that person had this projection for their life. Yeah. Um, because I, ultimately I should probably either be dead or in prison based off the path I was on. And, and a couple of things came in and, and saved me from going down that path. Yeah. Um, and I'm looking back and I'm learning why it was that I was on that path and, and, and how it was and what the things I was thinking in, in my heart and in my soul that got me through all the little trials and bumps and until I got to here where yeah. I'm still progressing and I'm still learning. Um, and so I'm trying to go back in my mind and break down these concepts of like how I got there, how I got here and how can I share that with other people so that maybe I can help them out of that place or, mm -hmm. or help to prevent them from going there. And then how we can all just sort of absorb those concepts and apply them to even the smallest little things in our yeah. life. Like your life might not completely fall apart and get divorced and lose your kid and, and all these things, but maybe you get a flat tire. Well, how do you deal with that? Mm -hmm. Some people might freak out, kick the car, get pissed, call their boss and they get fired. Or you can take control of the situation, change your damn tire, put some air, whatever. And so we always have ways to react to situations. And anyways, um, I try to keep myself on track, but, um, that, that's, that's the, that's the pursuit that I'm on Yeah, is just trying to learn from my own mistakes and, and go over my life with a fine tooth comb and also learn from the wisdom of people in history and read these books and, and apply it to my life and, and share it with people. That's, that's the pursuit I'm on right now. That's the, that's the main drive that I feel. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you run into anyone that you knew from those days? I see them on social media. Okay. Sometimes no, no but, one but we were kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. We were kids and, and I, you know, every great once in a while I might see a Facebook post from somebody. Okay. But, I'm not the the person. I wasn't a person back then. Yeah. If that makes any sense. No, I, I, I I'm just saying because I I don't yeah. have the frame of reference. So yeah. I'd be curious to see if you if you've had an interaction think, with I someone. I think you could probably you could probably wrap your head around it. I think. I mean, when you remember being 16 yeah. years old, yeah, you were not. You're not even a fully. Dude, I remember being. I was a shithead up until like 23. Me too. <laughs> and I'm 20. I just turned 27. So that tells you how much, how close that lifestyle was. Isn't it something like uh, <laughs> you think you, at every stage of a young man's development, he thinks he's at the peak. Yeah. At 13, you think this is it. That's I it. know it. And then at 16, you think, oh, I know it. Yep. And then the further along, but the real growth happens once you can finally admit to yourself after you've been hit enough times. You can finally admit to yourself that you're not the shit, that you don't know everything, and that you have a lot to learn. Mm -hmm. And that moment happened for me at about 
25. Okay, so sounds about right. That's usually and, around the time. And that's a right around the time, yeah, where a lot of guys go through this big life sort of, whether it's post-college, post-military, or they're five or six years into their first marriage, just out of high school or something, mm-hmm. and they go through this big change and they realize, shit, I do not know everything I thought I knew. Life yeah. keeps kicking me. And once you can finally admit, at least once I could finally admit to myself that I didn't know everything and that once I realized that I was this small, I could then begin to grow. Because you can let go of everything else. You yeah. can let go of the things you don't need, let go of the things you, you actually don't need, and, and just gravitate towards the things that you feel driven toward. Yeah. And so ever since I realized that I, that I, that I was actually small and not this big thing, yeah. I, I was then able to grow from there. What did it take for you to realize that? What was kind of your process? As for like what, yeah, what it took for me yeah, to realize. Well, what, I guess what, yeah, look, like, so for me, like, I don't know, I don't even understand how it started, but I just started actually questioning just about everything I do. And yeah. when I realized I didn't have a good answer to almost everything, I was like, oh, well, then why does this matter? Like, like your, your conscience kicked in almost. Yeah, and I don't know what that is. And you say 25, and that's, they say that's when the frontal lobe is fully mm-hmm. developed. Yeah, I'm sure that has something to do with it. The same thing for me is I started realizing the, all the mistakes I was making were just, revealed to me all of a sudden yeah it's like um it's like my brain was half off for most of my life and i'm just i'm getting through and i'm, I'm an intelligent kid but i'm not i'm not thinking about how what i'm doing is really affecting the situation or how it all plays together and how i could be better mm-hmm. i'm just cruising just moving yeah and yeah right around 25 and i got divorced and she took my son with her and 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 financial strains at that time and then it was just a a dark area of my life that is probably we could probably literally talk about for like five hours <laughs> like how how it got there like what mistakes led me to that point and then all the little mistakes along the way how i got better and then how i got bumped back yeah and then all the little struggles along the way and then how i met my wife <clears throat> and then how everything just sort of got better from there and I was able to dig some roots in and so it just took I had a lot of things going for me I had my physicality going for me and so that kind of kept me going then I got injured and then I got divorced and then I realized my physicality isn't everything and then I realized my marriage isn't my marriage is gone so it's like okay well what do I have my son's gone now I have this child support payment I have this and that and the other thing I'm injured my physicality isn't what it used to be and then that's that's where the growth began when I realized I was actually small. Mm-hmm. When I realized that all the structures of life are are fragile. Mm-hmm. So if all this can be gone in an instant, and let me tell you, it can. Mm-hmm. Uh, then what is it that you're going to dig your roots into to keep you going when those things go away? And um, and I found a sense of meaning through that, and I found. It made me want to help people even more and made me want to strive to better myself mm-hmm. um, because I because I ultimately knew that chasing chasing surface level pleasures are going to lead you to nowhere. Mm-hmm. And that was just one mistake I made, one mistake of many. There was, you know, miscalculations with finances or frivolous spending and all sorts of other things, but... I had to. I just had to be humbled, man, and and learn and and 
be able to dig my roots into something more meaningful. Um, yeah. Right on. Yeah. <laughs> now, do you think? Do you think that's important though for people to go through something? Do you think you get that realization? Without? I don't think you can be strong without being tested. Yeah. It doesn't have to be extreme say, in every case, but I don't, I don't. Actually, what I just said was, I think, was false. Okay. You can be strong without being tested. I think. Okay. But I don't think you can know your strength until you're tested. Okay. You know, and um, and. I'll relate it back to this simple example. When I got, when I was in the Marine Corps, I got out of, or right when I got out of boot camp, even, I hadn't really accomplished enormous things like that before. And, and you know, for a young man, that's an enormous oh, yeah. thing, at least at the time it is. And, and I got out of boot camp and I literally felt like I could do anything because I, I was tested in boot camp. I realized, you know, if I can do that, I can do, I can do a lot of things. Yeah. And that's just one example of like, once you're tested, you learn what you can do. And then I feel like a lot of people aren't tested in this way, which is their entire life is taken from them. They don't have family. They don't have friends. They don't have money. They have nothing. And it's like, well, what are you going to do now? You have no money. You have no car. You have no wife. You have no kid. You have nothing. So, so what is it? What are you going to do? And, and I've had that happen to me twice in my life. And this separated by, you know, six, seven years, something like that. And what I learned is that all you can do is concentrate on who you are as a person mm-hmm. and being and being good, whatever that means to you. It's striving to be just and moral in your heart mm-hmm. because none of these things are going to get you through. Your entire life can be, can be gone. The things that you see around you can be gone in an instant. So what is it that keeps you going when that goes away? And I think chasing that sense of meaning is ultimately what leads us down the proper path for us in our pursuit. Is, is having or at least realizing that it doesn't have to fall away necessarily because I think it didn't probably fall away for you but no, not but necessarily. whatever kicked in when you were like you said about 25 where you learned oh I need to question everything that's going on and maybe you maybe you realize the fragility of yeah. your circumstance or that's, something I realize most things in the scheme of things don't matter at the end of the day yeah, yeah. <laughs> most most surface things that they don't matter yeah. man or yeah most most things i was conditioned to believe mattered don't matter that's a good that's, way to put it yeah and and i think ultimately like you found your pursuit through that mm-hmm. i think we find what we're supposed to do through our trials because they reveal to us at least what we shouldn't be doing if we're willing to see it for mm-hmm. what it is um, and you, I, I was continually knocked back down because I wasn't willing to look at what it was that was actually wrong, mm-hmm. which was just my outlook, which was I'm a victim or a victim of circumstance. And then I finally was like, well, no, I'm in control of my choices. Every mm-hmm. choice I make, every, every little thing I do is me. I choose it. Mm-hmm. And once I learned that, and life knocked me down enough times to learn that, then I was able to grow and I was able to find, like I said, my my path of yeah. pursuit through that. And that's that's what got me here. That's that's why I'm here today. The man that I am. Right on. <laughs> so you feel pretty in control of your life right now, you would say. I don't know. I don't know if I feel in control. In but control of you, maybe. Maybe not maybe not of but you. Yeah. I've learned how to control myself or at least a little better. This far, this is probably the most in control you've been. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Okay. I've I've slowly learned how to control myself more, and um, 
I read like a, I saw a meme today on Instagram and it said uh, controlling yourself is 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 good and controlling your thoughts is mastery but being calm is a superpower hmm. and uh, and that and that hit me hard because Sean used to say that all the time Big hey, Sean yeah Big Sean okay. I talked to him for you know we used to talk for like forty five minutes to an hour just in passing yeah and. Um, and then we'd end the conversation and he'd go, calm as a superpower. And that was it. And then, and I always thought about that, like calm is a superpower. If you can remain calm, no matter what's happening, you can make good choices and you can hear your own thoughts a little bit better. And, um, and so if, any, if anything, I've learned how to stop myself from not being calm or getting, I've, I've learned to stop the tendencies I have and, and remain calm. And, uh, and yeah, control myself. But you still, you probably still experience the normal like initial gut check of what like getting flustered initially, but yeah. you're able to like, okay, what is that? Yeah. Do I need to be feeling that? Yeah. Tell it to shut up, basically. Sure. Yeah. Okay. And it's hard because like sometimes you get pissed off and yeah. you want to react, but how do I want this situation to go? Hmm. What What is the outcome if I allow the monkey part of my brain? to do what it wants to do. Yeah. It's not a good outcome for anybody. No. You know? There's probably and a then, few cases where maybe that is the... Maybe. But ultimately, <laughs> I, if I gave into that, I'd get into a lot more fights with people probably. Right. Whether right. it's just verbal altercations or what. And then what does that lead me down? I'm not afraid to physically fight someone, but then why I get arrested, then why I go to jail, and I can't see my kids, and my kid's dad, then they have to know that their dad went to jail. It's... Yeah. So it's very beneficial to learn how to observe your thoughts. Mm -hmm. Learn how to observe your thoughts from a detached position so that you can remain calm. Because that's what led to all the mistakes in the past was not understanding how to observe my thoughts from a detached position. It was yeah. all just riding the momentum of my thoughts and... A lot of people think that they are their thoughts. And mm -hmm. if they have a fucked up thought, they think that they're that way, right? Mm. But people aren't their thoughts. And I've learned that personally. You're not your thoughts. You are the observer of them. And if you can learn how to observe your thoughts from a detached position as if a third person, then you can start to change your thoughts because you can go, well, why did I think that in the first place? Why did I react that way in the first place? Mm. Let me trace that back. What would cause me to act... Oh, maybe I'm jealous. Maybe I'm spiteful. Maybe I just didn't get enough sleep. And you can step back and detach and observe your thoughts and, and ultimately make, make better decisions that way. And that's, that's one of the biggest things that I've learned through all my, whatever you want to call it, through all my time here, is, is detaching and, and observing my, my own internal dialogue. Yeah. Because that's all you can control. If, if You can't even control your internal dialogue, but you can control how you observe it. Because you can't, you can't control the thoughts in your head. They're coming through. Yeah. You know, like if you ever try to meditate, you know, you, you'll sit there for 10 minutes and then you'll realize, oh, I'm down this track of thought. I, what am I doing? I'm supposed to be blank. Yeah. And so you can't control your thoughts. But what you can do is you can control how you observe them. And that's what, that's what I've tried to learn how to do better. That's, that's an interesting thing because that's one of the, the best like meditation advice someone gave me was, they said the thoughts are going to come. It's your job just to let them go by. Mm -hmm. So you and can't then, stop them from coming, 
but you just have to let it just yeah. graze on and like, okay, and not grab on to any of it. And, and, and actually the practice of meditation, which I'm not like super well versed in, but I, I did it as a young teenager reading like books on Buddhism that my mom had laying around and stuff. And, and then, but how do you apply that to when you're in action? Because sure, mm-hmm. anybody can sit down and meditate and clear their mind and be peaceful. Mm-hmm. But how do you do that when someone fender bends you and then gets out of their car and starts yelling at you? How do you maintain that meditative state of mind and being calm and detached? So that's it's always a challenge for everybody to do that. But I, I think it's one of the most benefi- beneficial things you can do for your life is learning how to detach like that and, yeah. and observe your thoughts. Because ultimately, you know, if we don't learn how to observe our thoughts, we will constantly fall victim to their momentum. I mean, that, that makes sense because like the most times I feel like clarity are times I am relaxed and calm. And usually that's because of the, the external setting. It just happens to be that, you know, I'm outside, I'm just hanging out. Mm-hmm. But if you could access that at any point, like you said, the guy hits you and is yelling at you, if you can somehow just still have that relaxed clarity, yeah. you're probably going to make I think the best, best decisions for yourself at least. Yeah. And what I've learned is the best quick tool for that is the breath. Because mm. is, is, you can always come back to breathing. Because mm-hmm. even if you're not breathing intentionally, your body's going to do it. And that's at least something you can observe, and they teach you that, like in meditation, simple mm-hmm. meditation. And so I do that even in real life. Like if I'm, if something, I'm, if something's like getting me off course, and I realize that I'm not, that I'm getting carried away by my thoughts or yeah. carried away by my impulses, then I just take a breath, and I realize the situation doesn't matter. What's happening doesn't matter. What matters is how I react to it. Yeah. And, and yeah. Now, does that, so you're, you're diving into all this, like, deep and this heavy philosophical stuff, and in the past when I try and do it, sometimes I get a little paralyzed. Do you kind of apply that same technique of just that, like, step back and not maybe try and overthink it, but just yeah. take it take it for I what it, it is? Was, oh, I think it was Nietzsche that said, if you stare too long into an abyss, it stares back. Uh. So, and he, above anyone else, could probably describe that even further, but... um and I have much to learn about him and his writing still. But um, I think it's true that if you spend too much time there, you could get lost because we are tethered to this reality. Yeah. Um, but it, it's very important for you to be able to detach. And, and some people, they detach too far and they find a meaninglessness because they, mm-hmm. they go, well, if I de- I'm going to detach so far that I don't care about anything. Mm-hmm. I don't care about any of that. But really what it is is they're scared to care about it. They're scared to care about it because they might lose it. But if you can detach and still care about what's going on, that's like for me, my life just took off from there. I was able to make good decisions, mature decisions. And ultimately, as young men, I think that's something that maybe we've all been missing for generations in this country Mm -hmm. is the ability to detach from our thoughts and make rational decisions about what's happening and observe our thoughts for what they are and not judge them and not not just follow the momentum of our fathers, you know, and not fall victim to this society that we're born into. And like you said, questioning everything and, and thinking about why we're here and how do we make it, how do we make it better for us and our sons? Cause ultimately this, the world that I create, however small it may be, is the world that my son is raised into and my daughters. So I, when my daughter was born, I vowed to be the example of what I want a man to be that she marries one day. Mm. And 
And so that's what I do every day is I try to, I try to read and make myself better because I know that if I make myself better, I make the world better, even if it's a small fraction. And by doing that, I make a better world for my son and my daughters to live in. And ultimately, I want my son to be a good man one day as well. So how do I set the example and raise him right and change the momentum of the past of the society that our fathers were born into? Because I think that the world that they were born into is a ton of momentum. And, and some of it's positive because it's work, 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 which can be good, but it's also negative because they're, you know, I, it, it's a whole nother discussion, I think. But right. um, I mean, we see the dan- we see the lack of good fathership um, in, in young people. Mm-hmm. These days, we see the lack of, of positive fatherly influence and we see what happens when a father has a bad influence. It's even worse. Um, so we all have the power to create positive and negative momentum with ourselves and the people around us and our kids. It's, and it's our choice to make what we decide to do to create what kind of momentum. So ultimately, what do you want? If that's what you want, you have to be that thing. You have to become that thing so the world around you can become like that. And, that, and so that's what I do. That, that's what I do every day. That's awesome. So, I mean, from everything you said, it definitely sounds like you're uh, going to be developing a lot of that mental skill you talked about. Um, I did want to ask you more about, so you, you've worked on the physical, you're working on the mental, mm-hmm. and you're kind of doing a little bit, at least from what I've seen, um, I don't know what category to put this in, but more like the device, diversity of skill sets. Mm-hmm. You've, been, uh, you've been building some things. Oh, yeah. I've seen. yeah. Having, I was having a lot of fun with that. I, uh, I haven't built anything uh, in probably a couple months, yeah. but, but it's, for a while there I was building something every week. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have a lot of fun with that. I'm not like trained in it or anything. Just some basic, basic carpentry with a circular saw and some and a screwdriver, you know. Yeah. But as I was wondering, are you are you doing that? Are you are, is that intentional? You're developing these skills because I know you talked about possibly hunting again and stuff like that. Oh, I see. And I'm on a similar path of I'm I'm trying to develop as many skills as possible so that I need less of the system or the outside mm-hmm. world. And I again I yeah. can make more and more of my own decisions and control more and more of my life how I choose. I think the closer you can get to being in, an independently survivable creature on this planet, yeah. the more the less anxious you will be. Mm-hmm. And again, I always take things back to philosophical. That's where my mind goes. Mm-hmm. It's like the mind and philosophy, but I'll try to not do it so much. No, go ahead. Um, but basically, you know, I think that the more that you can the more that you know you could rely solely on yourself and survive, Mm -hmm. the less anxious you'll be in general. Because you know that you don't need anything. No matter what happens, you're gonna eat. Yeah. And so I I my wife bought me a a a compound bow. I gotta get it sized up and I'd love to learn how to shoot. And I think uh Drake said he would teach me and it would be an absolute honor if he did. Yeah. Um I think he's trying to set up a little range. Yeah, we're getting one together and we're trying to plan some kind of hunting trip soon too. Yeah. I, I look forward to hearing about that. Well, we'd I, love to have you come. When, when would that be? <laughs> Just whenever we're going to get okay. it. I mean, I, I would definitely love to go with you guys if I, if I actually honed in my skill because yeah. I wouldn't feel right, obviously not being skilled enough. But uh, yeah, I'd love to go someday with you guys and um, I'd, I'd love to learn how to shoot because if anything, it's just another another activity that I can master. Yeah. You know, you master so many activities or, or at least strive to master mm-hmm. and that you can learn from those different activities and apply it, you know, 
apply it to apply it to other aspects. Yeah. You know, well, I remember just a while ago we had a conversation where you were talking about that kind of becoming more self-sustaining or self-sufficient or whatever yeah. term you want to use. And Is one day still... maybe one day maybe buying some property out somewhere else away from here, who knows. Yeah. And cuz my wife's open to to moving and and I definitely am and having a little quasi self-sustaining environment there with goats and chickens and and me hunting for our food and and like how and like thinking about how much money do we really need right. if That's we were able at. to live like that how much money do we really need and yeah. then you realize oh you mean people have survived like that for millions of well maybe i don't know what the current theories are some yeah. people think millions but nevertheless a long time creatures <laughs> on this earth have survived for millions of years without industrialized food systems mm-hmm. Now, not the whole world can't do that, obviously, because there's not enough out there for mm-hmm. every single person to do that. But nevertheless, that's another whole aspect of being out of balance that maybe we could talk about some other time. But yeah. it's definitely a pursuit of mine to learn how to learn how to shoot that bow, mm-hmm. um, and eventually learn how to shoot. What did uh, what What's it called that Drake's gonna be shooting? He's got a longbow. A longbow, which yeah. is basically just a piece of That's wood. That's just the plane. Yeah, there's the longbow, and then the recurve is the next step where it takes a little bit of the tension off, and then okay. the compound bow, which it releases more than like 50% yeah. of it, depending on which one you have. And that would be awesome to learn one day, too, because that's even closer to being detached, because a compound bow is it's still an it's industrialized mechanical. Mechanical, yeah, yeah. mechanical thing, but it's closer to that thing, you know, and maybe it's just a stepping stone. But, um, yeah, doing the carpentry, I really enjoy that. And it gives me at least a sense of, hey, if I ever needed to make anything, yeah. I'm kind of practicing those skills. You could do it. Yeah. Like, I, I might show you before you go, but I uh, made that chair and the bench yeah. all, all out of scrap wood. It's just sitting in a pile. And I'm like, oh, let me make something out of this, something useful. So doing that and learning how to shoot. And then I'm trying to think if there's any other outside pursuits. I got the podcast. I'm, I'm writing uh, multiple, we'll we'll multiple talk books. about that after if you sure, think of yeah. anything else that you Absolutely. do. Absolutely. Yeah. So what you're writing, mm-hmm. you said, you. I heard you tell me you, you did one book on training and now you're kind of doing something else mm-hmm. in a different direction. Yep. I finished the fitness book writing it. I still need to finalize some images for it because it's going to be mostly like a like a, a reference guide and then okay. how to also like how to work out without almost any equipment whatsoever. Okay. Like how to get awesome workouts without going to the gym. Yeah. Because the, the lockdown kind of sparked that in me. And so very brief, almost like a, a reference book. Okay, so more tutorial. Do you do much like philosophy in it or breakdown? Very, very little like okay. in the introduction. But mostly it's like straight to the point, just just information. Yeah. Like information you need to get a great workout. Do this, this is like, how. And then I also break down like common exercises okay so you can't do this exercise try this Mm. you you can't get to the gym to do this try this version at home um so i break it down that way so you can still get like a similar similar stimulus than if you if you can't make it to the incline bench or whatever yeah so i break it down and put sample workouts in there all kinds of stuff how long you been working on that i I just know you were doing i started working on it like two months into the lockdown okay maybe uh maybe 10 weeks and and uh, yeah, started working on that, and I just got to get all the images done for it. And get are they gonna, it, get we it got published. cool pictures of you 
dancing around doing yeah, stuff. Pretty, All right. pretty much. Awesome. You got to be able to see what the movements look like. So I'll have like, the, I'll have images of like the correct way to perform them, and then like common faults mm-hmm. that you might that you might run across, and then. Yeah, so I got that, and then uh, I'm also writing sort of like an autobiography. Okay. And it kind of goes along the same lines of like what the podcast is about, which is like going back, breaking things down, and trying to learn from it. Yeah. And, and sharing that with people. And then um, I've always sort of been a writer. You know, when I was a teenager, I'd write a lot of, I just had notebooks full of writing. Whether well, was, you have a, do you still do your blog at all? I know you had a blog. I, no, I dropped off doing that. Okay. It was going to be just fitness stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just, I honestly, I didn't feel driven. Mm. I didn't feel like it would really be a good thing for people. Yeah. Like I didn't, I feel like there's so much of that stuff out there. And so I didn't want to just pollute it with more of it. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm so tired of arguing about what the right way to do fitness is. <laughs> it's just so played out. I'm tired of the argument. Yeah. And I feel like the only reason why people argue about it is because they want to be the person that knows. Yep. But if, if you're in this position to argue in the first place, chances are you have good information. And if your opponent over there, if they're in the same position, they probably have some good information <laughs> exactly. too. So just fucking listen to them yep. and stop. And anyway, so yeah, can't know it all. And I don't want to be out there preaching fitness anymore because mm-hmm. the only thing I know for certain is that I don't know much of anything. Um, yeah, that's yeah. why I, I, I tell people all the time, like I can't ever push my thing like if you want to ask what i think i'll more than happily tell you yeah but other than that i i don't know shit so i'm not gonna yeah. sit here and be like this is how you have to do anybody something. anybody that says they have the answer doesn't have the answer right yeah, yeah. They're, they're further from the answer than the person that says that they don't know yep exactly <laughs> uh at least the person that says they don't know is at zero the other person's at negative one <laughs> yeah um so yeah, so I'm not doing the fitness blog anymore. I might start a blog like on along the lines of the podcast, okay, and just sort of maybe break down, you know, for people that like to read things because I I enjoy writing. It, yeah, it's one of I'm not going to say I'm a good writer, but like it's one of my more natural skill sets. I didn't have to work at. I'm yeah. just I just it flows out of me whether or not it's comp- comprehensible or not is <laughs> up to the reader. But um, I enjoy doing that, so I I might do that. Right on. Um, yeah. And so the autobiography, like, how do you determine, like, when to stop? <laughs> like, what do like, you mean? Because, like, well, you're going to be writing it, but obviously if you're oh, still writing it, it's not, well, that, the story's not over. That held me back from starting. Okay. Um, because I was like, well, who am I? Right? Like, sure, I can tell people my story, but who, who the hell am I to tell people, like, how they should live? And, but that's not yeah. my goal, and that's not think, what I'm yeah, doing. That's what autobiographies but mostly that, do. that was my thought. Okay. Is like, how do I, who am I? Like, who, who wants to listen to me? Like, yeah. who am I? And then I realized that, well, I'm this person and I'm here for a reason. And it's not so much who I am now, but it's, it's where I came from and the journey along. Mm-hmm. And so it, and like, it doesn't matter where you start. Like everybody starts in a different place when they're born, different parents, different house, mm-hmm. whatever. It doesn't matter where you start. It matters the journey and, and where you end up. And so I've come so far at least i feel from where i was that if anything i don't i feel like i have something to say i feel like everybody has something to say if they're willing to if they're if only they're able to clear their mind enough to find it 
everyone has something to say that we all should hear. Oh, 100%. Um, you ever talk to like just people, random people that you, you kind of knew and then you don't know much about them and you hear like at least one experience they had and you're like, oh, holy crap, like yeah. never would have known that and you gain something from it. And so I think it's important yeah. to, that's I always, why I do this. I always try to at least start a conversation with the idea that the person I'm talking to knows something that I don't because yeah. they, they more than likely do. Right. They almost definitely do, so... And so I'm going back, and, and part of it is a selfish endeavor because I'd love to break down things that happened. For nothing else, it's kind of cool because you remember things that you forgot. Yeah, well, it's fun and, to self-reflect in that way. Yeah. And uh, it's also, you know, I listened to Jordan Peterson a little bit, at least I did in the past, um, and he was one of the, the voices that sort of helped me along too. Um, but he said there's a, he has like a self-authoring program. And that was always in the back of my mind, too. Like, you go back into your life mm-hmm. and write your life out as accurately as possible. Mm-hmm. And at least it, it gives you an exact representation from your own perspective of how you got here. Mm-hmm. And then you can do a future authoring and determine where you're going. But you can't know where you're going to go unless you know where you are. And so that was always in the back of my mind. And then I, I also just love to write. And, and I feel like I just have to, I just feel driven to help people. And if I can, if somebody can read about what I've done, the bad choices I've made, and the good choices, mm-hmm. that they can help themselves. So, you know, nobody might read it. Maybe five people, maybe a thousand people. I don't know. But I just feel driven to, to go back and write it all. And so I'm, I'm starting as far back as I can remember and on all the details I can possibly remember along the way of my life. And it's going to take me a while to finish this book. Mm. Um, but it's just a slow progress I'm working on. Yeah. And uh, I'll get there eventually. Where are you now? As far as like how far into it? Or, yeah. Um, I've bounced around a little bit. Okay. So what I'll do is I'll sit down and I'll be like, let me think back to a memory. Okay, let me write as much as I can about that memory. Mm-hmm. And so if the memory comes up from high school, I'll write about that. If okay. it comes up from when I'm five, when I'm five. And you'll just piece it together after you've got all your yep. pieces. Okay. Yep. Yep. That's the plan. Right on. So... I do do want to touch on training just a little bit before we part ways here. Um, I noticed a lot of watching your Instagram and stuff. Seems like you're doing just about a bit of everything personally now. I yeah. see you hanging on a tree to doing power cleans in the yard to, yeah. you know, in the gym training your neck. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was for jujitsu, but I didn't know. Okay. Starting, yeah. <laughs> so so where are you at? You said you're kind of maintaining and and still growing a little bit, even though it's not the main focus. But where are you with that kind of... Training my clients or myself? Yourself first. We'll go yourself first. Um, honestly, I don't really care. Okay. Like, I, I don't want to... I'm not meaning that to be disrespectful. No, I get you. But, yeah, I do not... It, what I've learned through all... Because I've been a professional, full-time personal trainer for a little over seven years. Mm-hmm. And what I've learned is that it doesn't matter what you do. It matters how you do it. Yes. It matters your intention. Yep. It matters your awareness of your body while you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And I've been down all those paths. I've been down. I started in bodybuilding like almost most people do. Went to CrossFit, went to Olympic weightlifting, powerlifting, and then all just like running and throwing mechanics and made my way back into powerlifting a little bit, back into running and throwing. And what I've learned is it doesn't matter what you do. So I do whatever I feel like. And right, that. right now I feel like doing bodybuilding a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, not getting sucked in too much, just really just enjoying it and enjoying growing muscle and and having a good aesthetic and feeling good and and you know not being broken down by by some exercises and just 
just building my body up and doing whatever I want. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, yeah. No, I love that. I'm I'm the same way at this point where I'm like, yeah, again, it's not what you're doing, it's just how you do it. So every day it's how can I how do I want to challenge myself today? Yeah. And then it's whatever that ends up being. Yeah. And, and like because uh, I've worked with I mean I I guess hundreds of clients at this point. Oh, I'm sure. And uh like sure there might be a, a certain way to train that is optimal for like your for the human anatomy or for mm-hmm. this person or that person's anatomy. But if that person doesn't understand the method or it doesn't doesn't work for them. Believe in it. Doesn't believe in it, it's not gonna work mm-hmm. because they're not putting their intention into it. Mm-hmm. And but another method that might be suboptimal, if they understand it and believe in it, it'll help them in some way. Yes. And uh, and so what I've learned is that it yeah, it doesn't matter what we're doing, it matters how we're doing it, how we're applying our intention Mm -hmm. to that activity. And so now I just, I do whatever I want for exercise. And I use my intuition of all my years of experience training. And uh, I've never had more fun working out. Yeah, I say it looks like you're having fun too. I love... I love seeing the your wife's Instagram posts of just said out here doing normal things and it's you totally normal in the backyard throwing barbells throwing around. a ball and or yeah your Bulgarian bag around yeah. or something yeah totally normal <laughs> <laughs> my neighbor my neighbors come out all you do is work out I'm like yeah I know I'm a personal trainer though so it's just it's play like, time man it's what I do it's yeah. just because I see you know, the cool thing is that you're out there like your kids playing and like he's playing and you're playing everyone's just outside all playing the kids, having toys fun are in yeah the yard and I got my ball or whatever. Yeah, you're all just having a good time out Family there together. Time. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. So, do you do you take that approach with your clients? Pretty similar. How do you that kind of philosophy of like? I think you know different clients require different modes mm-hmm. of training. They yeah. require different, and you got to pick the lowest hanging fruit first. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I try to do. I try to get to know the client. Take some time, but. You get to know the client, you get to know their personality, and then you can learn what types of things will resonate with them. Mm-hmm. You know, some people, they're, they're either aggressive people or very orderly people, or so maybe powerlifting, things like that would mm-hmm. really resonate with them, moving some weight. And then how do I communicate how to better make your body so that you can do that? Let's mm-hmm. do this thing and this thing, and I'll kind of sugar with the medicine a little bit. Yeah. But I Honestly, I mean, it's just like with anything, I feel like, you know, everything relates to everything. You can learn from every activity and apply it to anything. And ultimately, it's just individual to individual. How do I communicate the not only in the right way, but the right content to this person as well? Because it has to resonate with them. Because ultimately, what you want is to affect a positive change. And the best way to do that is to learn how to communicate better what's going to resonate with that person. So some people, they love functional exercise. Some people, they don't. And how do I make this person better without that, with, with bodybuilding, with powerlifting, with mm-hmm. whatever? Because like I said, it doesn't matter what you do, it's how you do it. Yeah. So whatever resonates with that person, well, I, opti- I try to optimize that. Uh, you know, that. In the past, I used to try to just do one way, this way, but then I would change my way. And then everybody trains this way. And then I would change my way again. Yeah. And I'm sure from an outside perspective, you know, people were thinking, well, he just said that that was the only way. But now he's doing everything this way. He's saying this is the only way. You know, and what I learned is that I, at the time I thought that was the only way. And what I learned was that there are all these ways. 
And you just have to learn what resonates with you or with the person. And then how do you get to that, that result, or at least get on the path of learning what not to do and stay on that, that path of, of pursuit for that individual. I see that. Yeah, that's the toughest. Like, because I, I, I am a person too. Like, I don't think any one way is the right, and I like to give people what they like. But it's like balancing that with, I don't know if you have the same experience, but most of my clients are deconditioned people. Mm-hmm. So they, they, in a sense, need a few things. Like, they're coming there for a health reason, and there's multiple ways to do it, but, you know, there's some corrective work to be done or some other things. Um, at least in my, my opinion, you know, my, I could be totally wrong about some of the stuff, but like trying to balance that, like, how do you, do you, do you find that at all having to balance certain things where you're like, okay, well, this person came to me to get better. They want to do this stuff and I want to give them that, but I also want to be able to help with this issue. I have this theory that your spirit expresses itself through your body. Okay. And if your spirit is weakened, your body will crumble Mm. no matter what you're doing. Mm. If your spirit is strong, your body will thrive almost no matter what you're doing. You see that with athletes of all kinds. It doesn't matter what sport they play or what barbell endeavor they decide to get into. If they have a strong spirit, their body is going to, is going to, is going to resist that activity and survive through that Mm. and maintain its posture and maintain its resilience. You know, I mean, you will take, I don't like to necessarily pinpoint people, but Drake is actually a good example because mm. he spent a lot of his time I mean, lifting heavy weights. He's yeah. a very strong guy. Yeah. And, and he doesn't have any problems. Right. You know, I think it's because he has a strong spirit. And I think, it, I think a lot of other athletes are like that. Mm. And so if you can affect that change in a client or you can strengthen their spirit in some way and teach them how to overcome something, mm-hmm. their posture is going to increase. Their breathing is going to improve. Everything is going to get better. Their focus is going to increase. Their strength is going to increase because their spirit got stronger hmm. and it expressed itself through their, through their physical body. That's, that's what I've learned with myself and, and people that I've observed is that your spirit expresses itself through your physicality. And if you can strengthen your spirit, your physicality will just come along for the ride. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, that's, some, that's actually pretty good some insight right there. Next level shit. Something to think <laughs> about for me later. Yeah, I'll have to ponder that one. Well, right on. It, I mean, like I said, it looks like uh, everything right now is, it looks like you're in a good place and in the right place for yourself. Yeah. I'm really enjoying life right now. Yeah. I'm really enjoying all the things I'm doing. And I, that's I honestly couldn't be more grateful or more happy for where I am right now, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to end it on that note then because that doesn't get much better than that. Why don't you, uh, if there's anything you'd like to leave us with and, again, tell people where to find you because you're still taking on clients and stuff like that. Yeah, my personal training Instagram is transform.fitness1. My podcast that is in its infancy, so please forgive me if you don't enjoy it, uh, is called A Sharpening Mind and it's on a bunch of different platforms. Um, where I just break down different philosophical or psychological things, or sometimes I just indulge myself in an idea. Um, so yeah, that's that. Um, can't think of anything else. I really appreciate you coming over and talking yeah, to me today. Appreciate you having me. As much as I talk on these things, I always get something <laughs> out of it. If for nothing else, I, I learn more about myself. So, so thank you. That's good to hear. Uh, and everyone, you know where to find me. Adaptive Training Principles on Instagram and Facebook and website as well. Thank you for tuning in. Have a good one. Bye.